Hello, friends. Welcome to the dimension of our midnight cake. I'm Soltis. Joining me in the nexus between realities are my friends and fellow transdimensional beings, Beaches and Lumberdor. Unfortunately, Doug is busy traveling to other planes of existence and will be unable to join us this evening. With this transmission, we will finish our list of suggested Halloween movies for the year with one of my all-time favorite movies, Abbott and Costello Meet Frankenstein. The 1948 American monster movie comedy film directed by Charles Barton stars the legendary comedy team of Bud Abbott and Lou Costello. This film is the first of several where the comedy duo meet classic characters from Universal's horror film catalog. In this movie, they encounter Count Dracula, played by Bela Lugosi, Frankenstein's monster, played by Glenn Strange, and The Wolfman, played by Lon Chaney Jr., in 2001, the United States Library of Congress deemed this film, quote, culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant, unquote, and selected it for preservation in the National Film Registry. The film was originally titled The Brain of Frankenstein, but was changed during filming to appear less like a straight horror movie and capitalize on Abbott and Costello's marquee value. It is reported that Lou Costello hated the script claiming that his five-year-old daughter could have written something better, but later warmed up to it during actual production. The movie consistently places in the top 100 lists of comedies, funny movies. Um, in 2000, the American Film Institute placed it on its 100 years, 100 laughs list, where it was ranked number 56. It is a classic in every sense of the word. There will be spoilers in our conversation, so if you have not yet seen the movie, I recommend you stop what you're doing, go watch it, form your own opinion, and then come back. If you happen to enjoy our conversations and would like to contribute in some way or get in contact with us, consider visiting our website at OurMidnightCake.com. Okay, let's get into this. So if I remember correctly, either... It's been a long time since you have seen it or you haven't seen it at all before now. And this was your first I, viewing of it. For me, it's been a long time. Um, I've got like all the like the monster DVD collection. So it's been mm -hmm. a while since I've gone back and watched some of the these, which I've, I enjoyed going back through and watching it. Though. <laughs> this was uh, my first Abbott and Costello. That's the first time you've seen any Abbott and Costello. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh. yeah. Oh wow. yeah, wow. I, I was very familiar with the the monster side of it, though. So, yeah, and I did think that it was pretty cool that they had Bill Lugosi and Lon Chaney mm. Jr. and uh, yeah, everybody from the Universal Monsters playing their parts in an Abbott Costello film. I'm sure it was fun. I'm sure they had a lot of fun with that. Do you know if um, I just can't remember was Abbott and Costello was it connected to Universal as all, as well or um, they did have uh, a contract with Universal. Oh, yeah. And they made uh, 28 films for Universal Studios, spanning okay. 1940 to 1955. I was thinking it was a studio connection that allowed them to be able to do this. Because back, back um, 
I don't know what time it changed, but you know, actors used to sign with certain studios instead of taking big together projects. The studio that you work yeah. for, mm-hmm. yeah. But then they'd swap them and lend them out like baseball cards. Yes, yes, they do <laughs> that. Later, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'll trade you Humphrey Bogart for Cary Grant. <laughs> no way, man. No way. <laughs> Not today, not tomorrow. <laughs> but as as I was watching this, I thought it was interesting the way. Um, now, of course, like I said, no experience with editing Costello, but I have to assume their scenes were shot in a very Abbott and Costello way because I looked this up and this was like their second biggest movie. Oh, so yes. I have to assume this is pretty pretty fair representation of their work. Mm-hmm. Or you yeah. have. Bud Abbott as the straight man, and he's the quintessential straight man for most comedy duos. They they refer mm. to Abbott and Costello. Yeah. And then Lou Costello being you know, the funny guy, you know, quick with the one-liners and <laughs> all that. More of the physical, physical humor as well. <laughs> yes, yes. More, more the physical humor, more the uh there, there's some great lines in this movie I've, i i don't know why I, I thought they'd both be the funny guy for some you know it was like a three stooges thing um yeah i realized they totally ripped off ren and stimpy <laughs> now, costello does make some uh stooges type noises every now and then that i hear that remind me of the stooges uh, there was a line where he they were talking to each other and i can't remember exactly but he called him like a a sawed off Romeo, I believe Costello Abbott did to um, <laughs> to him, and uh, I just thought that was hilarious. <laughs> but I was talking about they they shot those what in what seemed to be a very Abbott and Costello way, but then you had the monster scenes that were very like Universal monster scenes, mm-hmm. like just scenes from different the, movies. The dramatic together. lighting, yeah, the you know, the way that the camera was positioned and how. Uh, especially with with Bela Lugosi as Dracula and, oh, yeah. and, how, and how he would hypnotize people. And it just seemed to work in a way that you could not have put like, uh, you know, Freddie and Michael Myers in like a Jim Carrey movie and have that work and have them still be, you know, serious with the comedians still being ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> the shape versus the mask. I don't know. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh the mask was even better yeah all three of them versus in a mask too or no they didn't mask too no that one sucked we'll stay mask yeah, don't, no. <laughs> stanley had the right idea when he tossed that thing off the bridge yeah <laughs> they should have left it in the river mm-hmm. like so much jumanji <laughs> <laughs> for me i think that the opening credits set the appropriate tone for the movie i did like the animation have- the, yeah. the animation, Frankenstein's monster knocking on the coffins and the little Avon Costello skeletons getting scared and collapsing into each other. And then you know that, okay, so this is going to be a silly movie. And then they have the parade, I guess, of the monsters going by and you know, looking very menacing. And, it, and it, all, I, it all works really well, I think. This is, yeah. this is one of my... I'm a big fan of Abbott and Costello, and this is also one of my favorite Abbott and Costello movies. Uh, if for the horror comedy kind of thing, even though it's not really horror, but it's a, a monster film, I also enjoy Hold That Ghost, which I, I think was the forever. that was their first swing at a uh, supernatural monster type comedy, right? 
Mm-hmm. And there are some repeats of of some gags, like like the the candlestick moving. Yeah. Only it's it's a little bit more supernatural instead of Dracula opening, opening the up coffin. the coffin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And that's to be expected. There was probably a lot that showed up in these movies that was part of what they did, like, off the screen. Oh, for their comedy shows. And, and decided to just incorporate it into these uh, these films. Oh, I'm sure. And you see that with stand-up comedians, you know, who get their own mm-hmm. series. Oh, you know, yeah. They'll yeah. incorporate things from their acts. And uh, If you watch, and, like, and Home Improvement of- and go back and see Tim Allen's comedy, it's basically, like, the, the setup for Home Improvements. <laughs> I mean, Seinfeld was a whole uh, series around his comedy. No, and if, and if that's what's working, yeah, go for it. It's a silly movie. I think that that the plot for what it was worked pretty well. And you just have these, these, these two allowed... everyday guys. Yeah, they get mixed up in this monster situation, and Count Dracula trying to revive Frankenstein's monster with the help of. This lady who's taking advantage of Lou Costello because he's so simple-minded. She wants to preserve his brain for the monster so that he's easily controlled. (laughs) I think one thing that helped with the the story was that Abbott didn't really see everything that was going on the whole time that Mm -hmm. Costello was. I think if they had both been witnessing it, it, one, it would have been a little bit more lighthearted and some of the monster stuff wouldn't have blended as well. Because it, it was constantly him being a straight man and not believing the other guy. That yes. it wasn't both of them witnessing it. And I think that helped helped it more than anything. Yeah, you got you always you always have to have your guy that sees the stuff and the other people don't believe him. Yeah. It's almost refreshing to me now when you just have the situation where everybody sees it and it's it's there and it's out in the open. <laughs> <laughs> and on that subject, especially when they're go down into the into the docks, into the basement, and there's the the rotating wall yeah and every time dracula his coffin and frankenstein's monsters on the other side i love that whole scenario but i'm like i'm glad this was a comedy and it worked for them because it did nothing for the menace of the monster no no it didn't <laughs> to see to see the wolfman bumbling around man the wolfman to me was like a stormtrooper <laughs> in, in the forest tripping, yeah tripping over basically nothing just because he's too close to him at that moment <laughs> yeah. I, I can't catch him because it doesn't make sense for me not to rip him to shreds so i've got to trip over something <laughs> every time he tried to take action he failed miserably Oh, getting God, caught in the vines. Stick, ah. huh? the vines. I also, I also love. You know, it was supposed to be a wolf mask, so of course he had this, uh, this yes. ridiculous hard plastic. It was mask. like a paper mache wolf yeah. mask. <laughs> yes, very gigantic paper mache wolf mask that easily fooled everyone. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the world was black and white back then. So of course. <laughs> Couldn't see the fine details of color gradation. (laughs) Mm. Even in this, I thought the Wolfman stuff was good. Like the the transformation. Transformation. Mm -hmm. Much better than the Dracula transformation with the. Yes, slightly better than the animated bat. (laughs) (laughs) So, really, like the the bats that can just hover at windows. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Or. Or like in the Goonies when they're yes when they're, when they're just bow ties being blown out of an air can. <laughs> <laughs> Which 
with such an established comedy duo, you get a great synergy between both um, Abbott and Costello and how they work with each other mm-hmm. and how they deliver their lines and and play off of each other. I, saw, I hope that was rewarding for him because it ha- it would have to be frustrating to be a comedian but be the um the the really the non-funny half of the setup yeah yeah i would i would, I would say yeah because it, it was very i always used to think that when i would watch um like andy griffith like we're, we're talking about a guy who was a funny comedian and he 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 creates the successful sitcom where he's basically the straight man to everyone else in the show yes or Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis, because uh, Dean Martin is a hilarious guy. I really enjoyed, I think it was it was one of the scenes in the movie where they're talking about the girls and him having two dates. And uh, the other one goes to hit him in the face or something. And he just takes his hat off and kind of puts it on his hand and then steps to the side, all dreamy eye, thinking about the women. But there was a lot of little stuff like that. Like, I mean, that scene itself would have been good, but just little things like that, like putting his hat on the fist and... Um, <laughs> <laughs> when when he w- had entered um, Wolfman's room, and he's back and forth between the rooms, and Wolfman's on the other side of the door, and he's fumbling the keys, and just a lot of little things I love about his, mm-hmm. his timing and his comedy. I assume some of that is is natural improv. There were lots oh, yeah. of little things in this that I chuckled at, but the one really laugh out loud line for me was when um, the Wolfman in his I, I don't know his real name the the human version. Uh, he, he's Talbot. talking to them and it's it's yeah, very yeah. dire and I think Costello's just mentioned his dates and the the wolfman says you know like he said he's, he's very serious he's like I have a date with destiny yeah he's like you and I have a date with destiny <laughs> and, and Costello's like destiny can be chick's day yeah <laughs> He also gave Chick the Mary. Yeah, everything comes in three. Suppose a third woman should fall in love with you. So, so it took me a while <laughs> to realize they weren't just playing like Abbott and Costello, that they had names. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, <laughs> we yeah, got through like cool. half of that bit where he keeps calling Chick, Chick. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, why is he calling him Chick? Oh, that's his name. <laughs> Chick Young Wilbur Gray. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> We were talking about all the all the one-liners and the quotable lines like, oh, why don't you go look in a mirror sometime? Why should I want to hurt my own feelings? Yeah. It's like- <laughs> I <laughs> that, love yeah, too. That, where that was good. The, he I met the second lady and, you know, she kisses him immediately as he opens the door and he's all in love mm-hmm. immediately from that. Abbott pulls him to the side and you kind of expect he's going to say something to him. And he, all he does is he, he opens the, blo- the curtain a little bit to get more light to see what it is that these ladies keep seeing in his face. <laughs> you know, the whole time, I don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This ridiculous conceit that I don't know, maybe I just didn't understand the plot well enough, but like Dracula kept talking about reviving Frankenstein or Frankenstein's yeah. monster. And mm-hmm. it's like he had already revived him. And I, I feel like just at some point they're like, how is he going to get Frankenstein from one place to the other if he doesn't walk on his own? Uh, it's like a, it's like reserve power. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah. He just fired up that backup generator. Yeah. yeah. 
It was especially when they were there and, and he, the the monster was asleep and Dracula has to like pick him up almost wake up. When he was laying in the side of the woods <laughs> yeah. trying to get him in the castle. Yeah. Gotta get that operation quick. Before the end yeah. of the movie. <laughs> so we can have our climactic battle. First masquerade ball. <laughs> but first masquerade ball. <laughs> it some reason it cracked me up with uh with Dracula. Like I think it's the first time he showed up at the castle. And, you know, he's all Dracula. He's serious. He's hiding behind the cloak the whole time. Mm. And one of the first lines he says when he gets in the castle was basically like, hi, Sandra, (laughs) um, to the doctor. And I don't know why that line just cracked me up because it's just it's the least menacing thing. Just didn't realize (laughs) they were so familiar. Yeah. Yeah. Dracula go. Hi, Sandra. <laughs> <laughs> there is some history there to be sure. But yeah, there, there's a whole dark, you know, backstory for for Sandra. You yeah, know, running from the law, performing uh, unethical experiments on people, and <laughs> I got the same feeling in out of the prisons. 2009 Star Trek. You know, where in Star Trek, you're used to the dialogue being kind of elevated, and um, yeah there's the scene where the Romulan hails the, uh, the enterprise for the first time. And, and uh, Pike tells him, you know, my, my name's captain Christopher Pike. And he goes, hello, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely nonplussed. By <laughs> any of it. I also like that. It was, I think it was Costello occasionally. He would kind of break that bit of a fourth wall and he would look directly into the camera. Um, yes. <laughs> he only do it two or three times, um, but he was the only one to really do that. Just to, it just hit his made his jokes hit just a little bit more sometimes uh, for him. Uh, when that. he was particularly pleased with himself, yeah. Like, oh, it works. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he wouldn't even turn his head. He would just cut his eyes just right and, and look mm-hmm. straight into the camera. I or, thought when Dracula got everybody in the boat, you know, and he's a. Uh, He's hypnotizing everyone. He turns around and uh, Abbott's there. That was a very much like, oh, I guess it's time for me to fall down. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I even love the bit at the end where they keep trying to throw in the different monsters and it's Abbott and Costello are finally getting out of there on the tiny little boat. And uh, invisible of course, man this is with, the best moment in the movie. Just a, uh, yes. a cigarette, <laughs> floating cigarette um, in the boat. Vincent <laughs> like, Price yes. as the invisible man <laughs> yep. for the last <laughs> few seconds of the movie. This is fantastic. <laughs> I guess they, they didn't get him to play the invisible man when that one came around or did they? I haven't seen it. Oh, uh, when Abin and Costello meet the invisible man. Yes. Yes. I saw the title. There, there are a lot of monsters. There's Abin and Costello meet the wolf man. Abin and Costello meet the mummy. Mm-hmm. Abin and Costello meet the invisible man. Abin and Costello meet the killer boris karloff <laughs> yep <laughs> there's a ton of them and i haven't seen them in forever and i'm horrible at remembering names and titles as well even for a movie that i just watched and i should know all the characters <laughs> i don't think that vincent price was the invisible man in oh wow and i haven't got to meet the invisible man but they do have sheldon leonard and william frawley okay this is a movie that I would recommend to anybody. Um, yeah. Especially my my kids thought it was hilarious at times, um, especially at some of the odder moments when I normally wouldn't have thought. But like like when they're trying to make the getaway on the boat and it's still tied to the dock, and <laughs> and Luke Costello is is trying to you know just paddle, flip water around. Yes. 
my daughter just cracked up laughing at him. <laughs> I like Costello and like the the neck thing, and he's he's even pleading with the monster. <laughs> Don't do it, Frankie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and when she leaves don't go anywhere okay <laughs> i'll be right back i'll wait <laughs> i would just recommend anybody to go back and watch any of these old movies like any of the uh universal monster movies or abbott and costello just there there's a lot of interesting like filmmaking oh no there's and- at least 10 of the frankenstein ones i wouldn't recommend but don't say that no. <laughs> i have to watch them all just like all the godzilla films <laughs> there are two or three of them <laughs> no i wouldn't even recommend all the godzilla films <laughs> not even half <laughs> i agree with you lumbrador that there's a big takeaway from these movies and uh, not only just from the time period and you know what the technology was allowing but how they were to work around the limitations of what they had and still give entertaining performances and yeah and a, and a fun movie thank you for joining us in the dimension of our midnight cape we hope you'll visit us again from myself lumberdor beaches and doug thank you and good night Just for their performances alone, I would I would highly recommend this movie. And yeah. to see how they incorporated the Universal Monsters and the classic Universal Monsters with their original actors and got a coherent story out of it all is wonderful. Probably the closest thing to it today is all the, uh, the, the Marvel Universe. I'm trying to think of a modern film where you would have... Because you have plenty of like uh, uh, genre blended movies, but like a film that literally just goes from one scene horror next scene comedy <laughs> mm, i mean i don't know i can think is is i mean it's not really a sci-fi kind of monstery movie that would be um like a lot of like what's in tucker and dale it's a uh, alan tuddock is in it and uh he's fantastic <laughs> And he's not even he's not even the best part. No. I, I suddenly wish we were talking about that now. <laughs> we can next week. <laughs> there's so many there's so many good lines from that thing. <laughs>